Thank you. Oh, man. Oh. At least I brought a towel. Um, oh, man. Grateful for what you guys shared this morning. Mm, okay. This happens sometimes. Um, um, as I was sitting here, I just... So, so burdened. I'm... Uh, I don't even know how to... I'm sorry if this is awkward for you. Um, I just feel so burdened for people here today. As I hear those words, God, you're so good. And I know there's people here today, you don't believe that. You can't sing those words. You think about your life and you think he's not. And your experience has caused you to miss out on truth. And by missing out on that truth, you're missing out on so much more. My heart breaks for you today. And I pray that, that he speaks to you through this mess that I'm about to give this morning. <laughs> I mean that. I mean that. We don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to cut half my sermon. We're just going to jump in today. Um, it's not really a new message. It's just a might-be-for-you message. As uh, we've been reading through the New Testament with um, the fellows, many of you are reading through. We're in the book of Mark right now, and I'd just love to you to turn to Mark chapter 2. I'd encourage you to take notes, uh, not of what I say, but what you hear him say, jot down to think about later. It, it matters. This morning matters more than maybe you realize. And I feel that this morning, too, that this matters more than maybe I thought it was going to realize as well. Mark chapter 2 says this. When uh, Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Can you picture this? Just try and picture this of what this looked like. Jesus is coming back home, and soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. And while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head, and then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What's he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. And so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or to stand up and pick up your mat and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up. He grabbed that mat and he walked out through all those stunned onlookers. They were all amazed, and they praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Man, as I've been reading through Mark, I've noticed this word crowd just keeps coming up. And as I pondered and thought about it, these thoughts came to me, and I believe they're for this morning. Is this just a simple picture? Is this story just a simple picture? I don't think so. Because as I read through Mark uh, and further on, I see it repeated over and over and over. This similar type of story with three different types of people in it. And it continuously happens throughout the book of Mark. But I believe it happens throughout time and in this room this morning as well. For those listening online, I believe there are three types of people or three types of hearts 
that are present today. And my question for you just to answer by the end of today is which one are you? Which one are you? The three types. There's the man on the mat. We'll just call him Matt. I don't know his name. (laughs) The man on the mat. And then there was his buddies who brought him to Jesus. And if you've been in kids church ever, you've probably heard this story. It's a famous one. You know, Matt, his buddies, and then there's the crowd. And I just want to talk about those three types of people. But listen this morning for which one, which one are you today? Which one are you today? Because we do kind of have a crowd here this morning, so we'll start with that one. There was a crowd, a group of people who would be around Jesus. They were in the places where Jesus was, and it was no different on this day. And the more I thought about what it was like back then, picturing that house where there were so many people around there, uh, I, I thought about this crowd, and I, I realized that we can have crowd mentality sometimes. And that's not always a bad thing. Like, one of the things that happened with the crowd that was kind of good is that Jesus actually had compassion on the crowd. I read it again in Mark 6 this morning that he saw them and said, Man, they're like a sheep with no shepherd. They're walking through life with no direction, and his heart breaks for them. And his heart breaks for you this morning if you feel that way too. And it's good to have Jesus having compassion on the crowd. And those guys, they got a free picnic lunch out of the deal. That was uh, them and 5,000 others. Uh, that's probably a good reason to be around Jesus. Uh, and they also witnessed some amazing miracles, which we'll look at. And those are kind of the pros of being part of a crowd. And this morning, I want to challenge you with this thought. There are a lot of cons to being a part of a crowd as well. As I thought about that, having that crowd mentality of like, I'm just kind of just there. I'm, 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 I'm with everybody else kind of around Many in this crowd in the story today and throughout Mark, they were uh, only or merely spectators of what Jesus was doing. They could watch it sort of happen from a distance, but they actually missed out on a ton of stuff. I remember uh, 20 years ago we got married, and uh, I remember getting the photo album after the photographers had taken all the photos. And as we looked through those, like, man, I don't remember that, and I don't remember that, and I don't remember that. And it was like it was somebody else's wedding. No, I'm just it's it was it was ours, but it was like these moments in this. There's 400 people there, and I I never saw that happen. I never saw that happen. I never saw that happen. And that's what happens in crowds. You have the uh, chance to miss out on something. And today, if you just have crowd mentality, you're sitting here, you're kind of chillaxing, you're like, oh, I came for the baptisms. But then later on, you know, people will be like, man, what, I, I heard the Lord say this in my heart. I'm like, oh, I never heard that. You know, I, I, don't, remember, I don't remember that part. And, you know, the kids have this word FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. And my prayer today is that he would stir up like this holy, healthy FOMO in every one of us. That we'd have this fear of missing out on what Jesus wants to do. Because he wants to do something here even this morning in your life. You know, the crowd, they experienced Jesus vicariously through others. They would hear the stories of what Jesus uh, did. They saw the man come down on the mat. Like, oh, what's he going to do? And they, they watched. There's only one, one man on the mat who experienced what Jesus did for him. They were often limited because of it. Jesus would sometimes say to the crowd, hey, you guys stay here. I'm going to go and uh, heal somebody. And they would miss out and they'd be like, have to wait and, and hear later what had happened. There'd be times where Jesus talked to the crowd and, and then all of a sudden he'd say to the disciples, hey, fellas, let me talk to you for a minute. And they're all, the crowd's all like, what's he saying? What's he saying? But they weren't close enough to hear. And, and I think that happens today too. I think there's people who just have a crowd mentality when it comes to following Jesus You know what it looks like to have crowd mentality? There's no excitement for him. There's no passion for him. Those words, God is so good. It's like, God, you're so good, right? There's no no life on the inside to say, ah, like Lydia described it. There's this joy that comes in my heart that I never want to lose. And you're like, I don't know if I have that 
That joy doesn't exist in crowd mentality thinking. You know, the crowd likes to follow the crowd, which is another thing that sometimes, you know, well, it's not, it's not often good. I mean, how many of you, that's what our parents tried to stop us from doing all our lives, right? They're like, everybody else is doing it. And what did your parents say? If everyone else... Wow, you all have the same parents. Right? Like, if everyone else did that, they're trying to stop us from that because sometimes it's good to follow the crowd. These people followed the crowd and they ended up around Jesus with an opportunity to meet him. But oftentimes the crowd will lead us in other places where it's totally different. And the reason is that crowds are fickle. They can do one thing once and do something different. We see it all the time now. There's people who like crowds follow these celebrities or, you know, politicians, even pastors. And then all of a sudden something changes and they get canceled. And then it's like, oh, I never liked that guy anyway. I never wanted anything to do with that guy. I was never connected to that guy. And the crowd moves on to the, to the next greatest thing. And, and we see it in the crowds in, in, in Mark as well. You know, Easter's coming up on Palm Sunday. They were so excited about Jesus. They're sh- what are they shouting? Hosanna, he's a savior, he's the best, he's amazing, Jesus, you're awesome. And a few days later, what are they shouting? Crucify him with as much gusto and as much, what happened? Well, it tells us that the Pharisees stirred up the crowd and they began to shout what everyone else was shouting. Never having that thing here, that inner fortitude of I'm not crowd mentality, I am a follower of Jesus myself, I am one of those others. It's easy to get lost in the crowd, and maybe that's your thing. You're like, yeah, I, I kind of like, it's nice. I don't have to do anything. You know, I can feel like I'm invisible in the movies. The, the, the guy wants to get away, puts on the hoodie, and disappears in the crowd, and he's invisible. And maybe you feel invisible this morning, but he sees you. He sees you. It doesn't matter if I see you, but he sees you this morning. The God of the universe sees you. You know, the only, the, the, the stingingest thought I had when I thought about this is that being part of crowd mentality, this crowd actually had the potential to stop Jesus' mission that day. That is a crazy thought. This crowd being around this house, they didn't think that way, but I remember driving truck and there'd be like a, a fender bender down the road and the truckers, you know, you, you, you can hear it on the CB radio. It's like all of a sudden you hear, oh man, all the rubberneckers clogging up the highway again, right? And it's like, they just they actually cause a spot where the, the emergency vehicles are trying to go through the ditch to get to the place. It's actually this, this slowing down just to spectate actually hinders others from getting to the spot where they make a difference. There was a video this week of, people, of a woman getting carjacked in a parking lot and people just videotaping as opposed to running in to help. Rather be a spectator than active in it. And I think sometimes that's what crowd mentality does to us. And uh, I think about this, you know, when, when Jesus talked to the Pharisees who were there, they were there for the wrong reasons. There's other people who were just there, but the Pharisees were there for the wrong reasons, and Jesus had strong words for them. He said, hey, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees? You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You don't go in yourselves, and you don't let others in either. He said, man, I came that people might come into the kingdom. Don't stop them. Don't, don't hinder them. And today I would say that, you know, in, a, as a, in, in the sense of speaking to a crowd, the challenge today is not, oh, hey, stop being, you know, a crowd, stop coming. You know, like, the, the, leave the crowd. That's not it at all. It's simply this. Instead of just being in crowd mentality, get to Jesus. Get to Jesus. You know, the second type of person in the stories, all through Mark, are the ones who get to Jesus. Let me just share a couple quick ones with you. They were in the crowd, but... It was more than just the crowd. And Mark tells us many. We got, we got uh, Matt on his mat in chapter 2. He gets to Jesus and he's like, it doesn't matter the barriers in the way. I'm going to get to him. 
And his buddies help him get there. Jairus, it says in, in Mark chapter 5, his daughter's dying and he comes and he pleads fervently with Jesus. Says, Jesus, if you don't come, my daughter's going to die. And he begs Jesus fervently. And Jesus is like, you know what, let's go. And on the way to her house, this woman in the crowd, she, she's, she's been bleeding for 12 years. And as a result, she's cut off from community. She's cut off from temple worship. And she spent all her money on all the doctors. She's like, tried everything else. I've tried every avenue and, and I'm out of hope. And she has this thought, but maybe he can. No one else could, but maybe he can fix me. And that thought is just if I can just touch him, if I can just get to Jesus, I believe he can do something in my life. And she goes through the crowd and she touches his robe and she's healed as a result. And Jesus stops and says, somebody came and touched. Somebody got to me today. And man, his power went out and changed your life. At that moment, Jairus got some bad news. His friends from home came and said, don't bother the teacher anymore, your daughter's dead. And as Jairus was obviously moved in the, in the side, Jesus could see and realize Jairus got some bad news, but the crowd got some bad news that day as well. Jesus said to the crowd, you guys stay here. Jairus, we're going to your house, your daughter's just sleeping. And he's like, I trust you, Jesus. And they go to the house, and at the house there's already another crowd there and they, Jesus says, I'm going in. This girl's just sleeping. And they laugh at him and mock him. They're like, you don't realize who is here. It doesn't matter how bad you think it is. I'm the son of God. All I got to do is go into that house and touch this girl. She's just sleeping. She'll wake up. You'll see. And they're like, no, no, no. And they're laughing. He's like, fine, you guys stay here. Peter, James, and John, let's go. And they go in. He raises this young girl from the dead. And it was a Gentile woman who came to Jesus and just begged him, saying, Jesus, heal my daughter. And he's like, I didn't come for the Gentiles. And he actually kind of referred to them in the slang of their day. I didn't come for the dogs. And, it, and, and she just right back at him says, yeah, I know, but little dogs even get the scraps under the table. And Jesus is like, yeah, good answer. You know what? Go home. Your daughter's healed. <laughs> Man, this, this is like, I love Mark's details. But she wasn't going to let go. She wasn't just me like, I'm going to give up. She was going to get to Jesus. There was a deaf man and a blind man tells the stories in Mark 7 and 8. Who come, the people brought him to Jesus to watch a miracle happen. And Jesus takes them both and says, crowd, you stay here. He takes them out of the village, takes them away from the crowd. He says, this is going to be personal, you and me. And he heals them. There was a man demon-possessed. Uh, well, the son was demon-possessed. He begged Jesus. And he says, I went to all your disciples. They couldn't do it. So many people, like, they went to a church service or, like, somewhere to see, you know, oh, God, that you might do something in that place. And he's like, it's not the place and it's not those guys. You need me. You need me. And blind Bartimaeus shouting on the roadside. Man, Mark chapter 10. He's like, here's this blind guy. And the crowd's going by. And blind Bartimaeus hears it. And he's desperate. And he shouts to Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And Jesus is like, I think I hear something. And the crowd's like, oh, yeah. Shh, Bartimaeus, shh, stop, stop, stop. Stop calling out to Jesus. Nobody wants to hear that anymore. And what does he do? He says, no way. I'll shout louder. Jesus, I need you. I need you. I'm not, I'm not giving up. I'm not going to stop calling out for you. I want to see. What does Jesus say? Hey, buddy, I hear you. Come on over. And those same people who shushed him all of a sudden were like, hey, get up. Come on. He's calling you. Let's go. Come on over. Man, Jesus changes his life in that moment. You know, as you hear all these people, what's the things that you see that are descriptive of these people? They're intentional. They've got some desperation. They trust that Jesus is the one that they need, and they aren't giving up until they get him. They aren't giving up until they get him. Many of you, 
many of us sometimes, it's that thought of, ah, give up, you know? I, I guess he didn't hear my prayer. His prayer didn't work or whatever it is. I, I guess God's not good, whatever it is, and they give up. Man, he's calling you today still. He's calling you to get your eyes off all those other things that you've tried. Man, they've all left you empty. And how many more will we look at to realize that one's empty, 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 that one's empty. And that's what I was weeping about here this morning is I feel there's some of you still running after empty, 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 empty. He's like, I'm right here. I'm right here. Would you just get to me? Would you turn your eyes to me? We need him, church. He is the point. He is the goal. He is the hope. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He's the only hope. He is life itself. And without him, our hearts are empty. Augustine said it, Oh Lord, you've made us for yourself. And our hearts are restless until we find our rest in you. David said, My soul thirsts for you, God. If you're empty here today, that is who your soul thirsts for. And he is more than enough. Man, we need to be immersed in him continually. You may be a Jesus follower and feel empty today. Man, we need his word. Like Zach said last week, without his word, man, we're weak. We need his spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come in. Change this atmosphere. Change me. Change me. Change me. You know, it's the ones who realize, Jesus, you're my only hope. They're the ones who experienced him. And I think Jesus likes people with desperation. He said it in his Sermon on the Mount. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking because you will find. That door will be opened. But keep on. Keep on knocking. And James 4 later would say, humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and flee. he will flee from you. Draw near to God. Come close to God. And he'll come close to you. He will come close to you, man. In my Bible, I just added a whole bunch of exclamation points behind that. God of the universe will come close to me. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's what he desires to do even in this place today. You're not here by accident this morning. You are not. You know, I see the difference in these type of people and the people who are just part of the crowd. And I believe there's people like that here today. You're like Matt. You're just like, man, I want to know him. And then I want to know him more. You're like, I want to experience the love of Jesus. I don't want to just know it up here. I don't want religion. I want um, just or empty religion. I want Jesus. I want to discover the truth of his word for myself. And I'll do whatever it takes to, 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 to allow him to make this alive in my life. I believe it. There's people today who say, man, I want my life changed. And he sees you. He sees you and he will answer that prayer if you'll be a pursuer of him. And then finally, the third type of people. There were people in that group that day who helped their friend get to Jesus. They knew that their friend needed Christ. Man, I feel and pray that I'm that friend today. Like those four friends, you know, in the first story with Matt, their buddy, they knew he needed Jesus and they were willing to do whatever it took to help get him there. You know, that... They, when they got to that house, can you picture them carrying their four, the four of them carrying their buddy, and they get to the house, and like, they see the crowd, and like, sorry, Matt, looks like we're in the back row, buddy. You know, you should have got up earlier. We might have got there on time. Now, you know, many of us sort of have friends like that, like, oh, I don't want to talk to my buddy about Jesus. <sighs> Ugh, you know, 
Maybe we just sit in the back row and by osmosis, as long as we're in the crowd, maybe th- something good will happen. They're like, no. They come to the door, and Matt might have looked and goes, oh, man, there's a crowd. What are we going to do? And fellas like, we can get through this. Let's go, Matt. And they push their way on through. And then they finally get to the door, and they're like, oh, man, there's no room in there. Doesn't matter. They look at the house and like, we can climb that parkour, Matt. Let's go. And they hoist their buddy up onto the roof. And they get on the roof and like, oh, man, like, what do we do now? And they're like, we can get through this. And they start jackhammering the roof away. And they make this hole big enough for Matt. And then they lower their friend right down in front of Jesus. Man, we need friends like that who say, man, I see you're in a tough spot. But I see you're in a tough spot. But I'm going to walk with you because I know what you need even if you don't know it yet. You need him. You need him. And I'll walk with you. And I'll point with you to him. And I'll encourage you to look to him. Not to religion, church attendance, anything else. But to, to Jesus. And they help their buddy get past whatever obstacle was in his way. And I want to be a friend like that. I mean, some of you have gone through some tragedy this year. I need those friends who are just going to walk with you and say, I know it hurts. But get your eyes on Jesus. Nothing else will heal. I know it's been rough. I know things aren't all the things they, they, they should be. Buddy, get your eyes on Jesus. Man, I know you feel like you've messed up so bad this time. You can't be forgiven. Don't let the enemy lie to you about that. He's done it all. Just get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes on Jesus. I believe there's some of you here today like that. Man, I wish that we all were. I, I love Rob's story about the guys in his group. Who are they? They're the ones who are like, man, brother, we're going to encourage you. We're going to pray for you out loud like real men. You know, we're going we're gonna to encourage you on the journey. I love the people who baptized their friends today. Why? Because they helped their friend get to this point. Man, I love that. I love the people who shared their story today because they're helping you see Jesus in real people's lives. He really works in real people's lives. And I love those who just simply share the good news with other people because without it, they don't know. Last verse today is this, Romans chapter 10, verse 6 to 15. Let me just read these thoughts. Here's what Paul says about how we get there, how we get there and help our friends get there. It says, but faith's way of getting right with God says this. Don't say in your heart who's going to go up to heaven to bring Christ down. Don't say who's going to go to the place of the dead to bring Christ to life again. It's like he says, it's not this really difficult thing to get to Jesus. He already did everything difficult to get to you. It is simply just a turning to him. He says this message, verse 8, it's very close at hand. It's on your lips. It's in your heart. It's this message that is the message of faith we preach. If you'll openly declare that Jesus is your Lord, like those who in the tank this morning did, if you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead on your behalf, you will be saved. For it's by believing in your heart you're made right with God. Man, that's the thing that our heart does, desires and is empty for, is that we'd be right with him. He says it's just simply by trusting, trusting him. Verse 11, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. It doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, it's the same for everyone. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who will call on him. For everyone and anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone who gets into that pursuit mode says, I'm leaving the crowd and I'm coming after you, Jesus, myself. Those people, he says, their lives are changed. They are saved. But he says this, verse 14, how are they going to call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe if they've never heard about him? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? 
That's why the scriptures say that how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. What's he saying? Sometimes we need some friends who are just going to get around and be a friend enough to say, you need, I, I know what you need. Man, have you heard of Jesus? Do you know that, that he's who you need in this moment? Whether you're a believer or not, we all need people in our lives who keep pointing us to Jesus. And so in close today, as we allow his word to rest on our hearts today, as you allow his word to rest on your heart today, what did it find? What did his word find in here this morning? Because we had a question at the beginning, which of these three types of people are you most like? And it's not three categories of people in the room today, because I can say that every one of us has the possibility of being each one of these categories at times in our life. I know as a Jesus follower that there's been times in my life where I'm like, man, Jesus, I'm pursuing you with everything. And there's been others where I'm like, eh, I'll sit back today. And there's been times where I've been so encouraged to be a friend and share and walk with others knowing, man, not only do I need him, others do as well. And so which one are you today? And which one do you want to be? Leave with this thought. Are you part of the crowd today? Just simply spectating, just sort of watching, sort of taking it in, kind of a curious bystander. Are you a pursuer? says, you know what? I know there's a longing here, and I want more. I want to connect with Jesus myself. I don't care if anybody else in this row does. I don't care if anybody else in my family does. Jesus, I want you. I want you. I'll worship with abandon. I'll study your word to hear your voice. I'll sit softly in prayer to let you know my concerns and hear you, but I'm going to be aware of you throughout my day because it's you and me, Jesus, for the rest of my life. I'm a pursuer. I'm third, or your friend. Just like, man, he's too good. I want others to know him as well. The truth of the friend is you can't take someone where you haven't been or where you're not willing to go. This morning, the best friend you can be is to be in the presence of Jesus, allowing his word, his love to flood your heart and then sharing that with anyone your family, your friends, whoever it may be. And finally, the last thought, there's people here today, you don't know Jesus. I know that. I know there's people here today, you don't really know him. Maybe you've come to church for a long time, but you don't know Jesus. My prayer is for you today that you would hear these words. When that man, Matt, was lowered through the roof, he wanted to be free from his mat. That's why he was there. He's like, man, I don't want to be tied to this anymore. I want to be free. And as he gets lowered before Jesus, What does Jesus say to him? Jesus realizes Matt needs something more than just freedom from the mat. He needs freedom from sin. And in that moment, he doesn't speak to just one person. He speaks to everyone in that room, everyone in this room. We are all in that same boat. When we get before Jesus, we need freedom from sin. We need freedom from sin. It is the greatest freedom that we could experience. And it's sin that's broken all of us. And man, if you're like, well, I don't know if I have sin, it's pretty simple. Has there ever been something you knew you ought to do and you didn't do it? Or something you ought not to do and you didn't. You're like, I don't know what, why. Why do I break everything that's good? Why am I bent towards brokenness? Why do I think if I won't get caught, then it's worth doing? Sin. Man, we're, we're polluted by it. We're broken by it. And it's that thing that keeps our empty soul separate from the only one who can fill it. It's sin. It's this thing of God, I... <laughs> I don't want you. I want something else, something else, something else. How do we get to that spot where we allow him to fill that emptiness? It's this. It's admitting, saying, you know what? Jesus, I hear you today loud and clear. I know I'm a sinner, just like those people who went through the tank. I know there's something between us, and I don't want it there anymore. Jesus, I surrender. 
Take my past. You know it. Take all of it. All of its dirtiness and whatever it is, take it. I put it in your hands. And as a result, take my future as well because I'm going to walk with you for the rest of my life. The rest of it meant nothing. It was empty. Jesus, I'm going to walk with you. Would you forgive me? Would you save me? And he will. And he'll fill you with his Holy Spirit, which is who we need more than anything. The very spirit of Jesus in our lives. You know, Jesus... In a famous story in John 7, just spoke to a crowd, and he said this to the crowd, anyone in the crowd, if you're thirsty, come to me, and I'll give you rivers of living water on the inside. You will never have to go out there to find any joy ever again, because it'll be right here all the time. I say to this crowd today, if you're empty, if you're thirsty, would you come to Jesus? Reject crowd mentality, and just jump on board to say, I'm going to pursue you, Jesus. How's your pursuit of him? All I care about is that we would be pursuers of Jesus in this place because it has life-changing effects and eternal consequences this morning. I pray you heard his voice through this this morning. I trust that he speaks clearer than I do. Can we pray? Father, I just commit this morning to you, these words to you, this time to you. God, I lift up every person in this place, because we're all in a different spot. We all have steps we need to take in our life. Some of just getting back into that place of pursuing you with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're your kids, and we love you, and we're, we're inspired once again today to pursue you, to know you more. And Lord, I lift up those today in this place who just, they don't know you. They've been around you, maybe. They've been in church. They've heard things about you, but they don't know you. God, I pray for them today. I pray that your spirit's voice would have grabbed their heart. God, I pray you give them courage, courage to leave the crowd, whatever that might look like, to follow you, to turn their lives over to you, to turn away from sin and turn to you. Jesus, thank you for what you did for us. You didn't have to, but thank you for rescuing us. Thank you for the celebration of these three lives today. Change, may they bring glory to you through the rest of their life as they have today. God, thank you for this thing called the church, for calling us together to encourage one another, walk with one another. Holy Spirit, may we hear you putting each other uh, on our hearts, and may we reach out and continue to encourage our friends to look to you, because you're it. You are everything. You're our joy. You're our life. You're everything. Lord, we love you love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. If you're here this morning and, uh, and you know you need to give your life to Christ, please come talk to me or talk to somebody. It doesn't have to be me. Just tell somebody uh, that, you, that you know and trust. Man, we will pray with you, walk with you through this. Maybe you know somebody, a person came to mind today and you're like, oh man, I know that they, they're going through some tough stuff and just encourage them to get their eyes on Jesus again. And we got a few questions we'll leave up on the screen to help you ponder some of this stuff. But, uh, man, what a great day of celebration here as well. Uh, We're going to take some time to do that. So if you have kids downstairs, please go get them uh, right away. But then feel free to hang out here, have coffee and tea, chat with uh, Lydia, Rob, and Nevaeh. And, man, if uh, this is something you know you need to do, we said we're putting the tank away. We are. But we'll make another date available. If this needs to be you in the next whatever, let us know. Have a, have a fantastic day, everybody. Um, bless you guys. Love you. We'll see you later.